0: (laughs) It's the old radio comedy podcast Welcome to episode 113 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast, where we celebrate the classic comedy shows from the golden age of radio. Today we bring you an episode from that great classic comedy show, Our Miss Brooks, which ran from 1948 to 1957. It starred Eve Arden as English teacher Connie Brooks, Gail Gordon as Osgood Conklin, the principal, Jeff Chandler and Robert Rockwell as Philip Boynton, the biology teacher, and Richard Crenna as Walter Denton, the student. The show's full cast also played their characters on the TV show, which ran from 1952 to 1956 and was one of television's earliest hits. So sit back and relax for the December 19th, 1948 broadcast of Our Miss Brooks. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating.
1: All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey. Well. That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
2: Our Miss Brooks. Yes, it's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks, under the direction of Al Lewis. Well, many of us are spending this Christmas Eve with our families and friends. But our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, isn't quite so fortunate.
3: No, my family was too far away to visit, and it seems my friends had other plans. But I made up my mind not to brood about it, and I was trimming a rather tiny tree in our living room when Mrs. Davis, my landlady, joined me. That's quite a nice Christmas tree, Connie. It isn't really a Christmas tree, Mrs. Davis. It's called a friendship tree. You see, I trim it by putting all my greeting cards on the branches with strips of cellophane tape. Looks nice, doesn't it? Yes, it does. You certainly received some pretty cards this year. And the sentiments are so lovely. Look at this one I got from my principal. Mr. Conklin, what does it say, dear? It's very heartwarming, Mrs. Davis. It says, to Miss Brooks. May the coming year bring you much more efficiency in your work.
4: Signed,
3: <laughs> O. Conklin.
1: Oh, I can hardly believe it's Christmas time again. What happy memories I have of the earlier Christmases. There was one I'll never forget. I was just eight years old, and when I tiptoed into the living room, there was my father standing with a tree. The minute he saw me, his eyes crinkled up and he started to laugh so that his big white beard and his huge paunch just shook with glee. Your father was made up as Santa Claus? No, he always looked that way. (laughs) But you uh, get back to the present, Connie. I'd love to stay here and celebrate Christmas Eve with you, but I promised my sister Angela I'd come over to her place. You remember Angela. The absent-minded one. Oh, certainly, Mrs. Davis. She always got a big thrill out of the holidays, too, even when we were girls. Of course, the poor dear could never remember when it was actually Christmas. And one Christmas day, she did the funniest thing. What was that, Mrs. Davis? What's what, dear?
3: (laughs) What did Angela do? Angela? Your sister. My sister. (laughs) The absent minded one. What did you do? Well, I haven't spoken to
1: Angela in some time. What has she been up to?
3: I wish I knew. Maybe I can refresh your memory. Christmas morning, Angela did the funniest
1: thing. Oh. Christmas morning isn't until tomorrow, Connie. You must be confused. <laughs>
3: Don't worry about it. I only get these spells
1: once in a while. Well, you shouldn't let it go, Connie. If you don't mind my offering a little advice, I'd like to suggest that you train your mind to concentrate more. I'll do it, Mrs. Davis. <laughs> now then, I've developed a little scheme which works wonders for me. Supposing you have trouble remembering where you put things around the house, well, you just keep repeating the location to yourself with a sort of rhythm. For example, I I just chant to myself: the mustard's in the closet, the bread is in the box. The mustard's in the closet, the bread is in the box. Now isn't that simple? Mustard's in the closet.
3: Wonderful, Mrs. Davis. If anybody wants a mustard sandwich, you're really ready.
4: Genius.
1: Now, uh, before I do anything else, I want to invite you to join me tonight. Join you? Yes, dear. I'm going over to... uh, To... um... Angela's house. Oh, yes, that's right. Oh, she's so cute with that little absent mind of hers. Why, sometimes she forgets what she was talking about right in the middle of... Oh, dear me, I hope there's
3: enough milk for the cat. Well, I'm sure if we... But then maybe someday. Or if it doesn't seem to. And that's why I can't join you tonight.
4: (laughs) But thanks anyway, Mrs.
3: Davis. I'll just spend a quiet evening at home here.
1: But how about Mr. Boynton? Don't tell me he was too shy to ask you for a date on
3: Christmas Eve. Why do you think there's mistletoe on all four walls?
4: <laughs> no, Mr. Boyden
3: asked me, all right, but then he canceled yesterday. Said he's going upstate to visit his folks for a couple of days. But don't worry about me, Mrs. Davis. I'll have a gay time. I'll listen to the radio, read, and from this window, I can see our neighbor's television antenna.
4: <laughs> but what
3: about the little gifts you got for Walter Denton and
1: Mr. and Mrs. Conklin and Harriet? When are you going to deliver them? They told me not to bother. They said we'd exchange on the 26th. The 26th? But I don't think the day after Christmas is the time to exchange gifts. You don't. You should see the
3: department stores.
4: Meow. <laughs>
3: <laughs> What's that, Mrs. Davis? Oh, it's Minerva. Where are you, dear?
4: Meow. <laughs>
3: by the tree. Here, Rover, a Minerva.
1: Isn't it the strangest thing how she bites at the pine needles? I guess the rosin in them appeals to her. I swear she likes the taste of it.
3: I guess to her, it's like a Tom and Jerry. Or rather, a Minnie and a Mickey. <laughs>
4: Come here, Minerva.
3: We might as well get friendly. We're going to spend the evening together. Well, I'll be running along now, dear. I hope you won't feel too lonely. I'll be fine, Mrs. Davis. After all, I do have an imagination. I'll hang up my stocking in a little while. Then when I'm pretending I'm asleep, I'll sneak in and fill it. Before you know it, it'll be midnight. Uh,
1: Midnight of Christmas Eve.
3: I can just picture it. A short, thin man in a black suit comes sliding down the chimney with an empty bag. St. Penniless, the schoolteacher, Santa Claus. Well,
1: at least you're not bitter. Uh, now, Connie, about my sister... Uh, Angela. Uh, oh, thank you, dear. About my sister Angela. Yeah? Good night, Dorothy. Good night, Bernice. Good night, Bernice.
3: pine needles, Minerva. Come over here. That's a good kitty. Now I'll just settle down in Mrs. Davis's rocker and we'll have ourselves a nice quiet rock. I've got to exercise more, my bones are rusting. Oh, it's the rocker. It's kind of soothing, is that? You seem contented enough, Minerva.
4: Well.
3: It was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring. Not even a mouse. Yeah. Sorry, Minerva. I <laughs> didn't Oh, gosh, I'm sleepy. <laughs> now, who can that be? Expecting anyone, Minerva? nobody's here. I'm here. Where? Oh, leaning on my knee. What can I do for you? (laughs) I'm a salesman, but I don't believe in giving any sales talk or sob stories. All I do is tell you what I'm selling. And if you want to buy, okay. If not, okay. Okay? What are you selling? Well, it's Christmas Eve. I'm just a small urchin, a little on the underprivileged side. I'm trying to make a few dollars to get some wood to heat our tiny apartment. So while she's singing to my three six sisters, my mother's lips don't turn blue. <laughs> That's what I like—no sob stories. If you're selling handkerchiefs? I'll take six. No, ma'am. I'm selling Christmas trees. They're only a dollar a piece. Oh, I've got, I've already got a tree. Then so I'll make it fifty cents. But I don't need. How about tree? a quarter? Look, little boy. I can arrange payments.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Please take one, ma'am. These are ordinary trees, you know. They're magic. Magic? Yes, ma'am. You'd be surprised what miracles will happen if you buy one. Well, a quarter isn't too much to pay for a miracle. It's 50 cents. I thought you said 25. That's when you sounded tougher to sell. Oh. Well, before I melt down to my coal buttons and the stovepipe hat, here's 50 cents. You won't be sorry, ma'am. Here's a little tree. Hey, it's kind of cute as that. Would you like to come in and help me set it up? I can't. I gotta get right home. My sitter's been alone long enough. Sitter? What about your mother and the firewood? That's just a routine. My folks are attending a dinner the other bank presidents are giving for father. (laughs) With the pitch you've got, you'll have your own bank by the time you're 12. Thanks a lot. Good night, lady. Merry Christmas. Same to you, you little underprivileged millionaire. (laughs) I'll put this tree over here. Maybe we can find some extra trimmings for it in the morning.
4: Yeah.
3: Minerva, will you stop gnawing on those pine needles? I wish I knew what made them so appetizing to
4: yeah.
3: oh. us. <laughs> now, you come here and let those things alone. There we are. Well, I guess I'm not the only one that's spending Christmas Eve alone without family or friends. But who can tell? Maybe Santa Claus has something up his big red sleeve that I don't even know about yet. Of course, I do have a squeaky rocker and Minerva. Jingle bells, jingle bells, Mary, stuff like that. Oh, what fun it is to rock with a big fat drunken cat. living room Christmas Eve with Minerva the cat on my lap, I couldn't help noticing that the tree which I'd bought from that wealthy urchin had a rather peculiar luminosity. Although there wasn't any artificial illumination, it seemed to glow from deep down in its branches. As I rocked back and forth, I started to get very drowsy. Oh, the little boy said this tree was magic, Minerva. <coughs> I don't believe it either. Still, it is Christmas Eve, and some very strange things have happened
4: on Christmas Eve. Huh?
3: What's that? Oh, I must have been dozing. Coming. Well, it's Walter Denton. Come in, Walter.
4: Oh, well.
3: Gracias. Come on into the living room, Walter. Uh, Thanks, Miss Brooks. Here, I brought you this little gift to put under your tree. Oh, that was very thoughtful, Walter. Put it under this tree over here. Okay. Say, you got two trees, haven't you? Yes, one for Minerva and one for me.
4: Meow.
3: What? Don't pay any attention to her. She's pine needle happy. Well, Miss Brooks, as you know, I was supposed to spend the evening nestled snugly in the tight little confines of my own small, immediate family circle. For heaven's sakes, come out of there. You're giving me claustrophobia. <laughs> but I went to my father and mother and craved their permission. Wait because... a minute, Walter. You craved their permission? Yeah. Crave, craven, crave, and crowed, isn't it? Of
4: course not.
3: Crave, crave. Let's see. Crave, Craven. After you crowed their permission, what?
4: Well, they waived
3: my presence for a long enough while for me to deliver to you, Miss Brooks, the little token of my esteem and affection which is now ensconcing under the tree. Walter, are you still in my English class? Sure, Miss Brooks. Well, I'd better bone up a little. One of us is going to flunk this time.
4: All right. <laughs>
3: say, Miss Brooks, is something that I've wanted to say for a long time. Yes, Walter? It's a little on the sentimental side, perhaps for a so-called half high school boy to be telling the teacher, but it's sincere, Miss Brooks. I'm sure it is. It's something I feel deep down inside of me, Miss Brooks, from whence so many of one's warmer emotions stem. That's whence they stem from, all right. Of course, even if it does seem over-sentimental or even downright Christmas Eve seems to be the time you can say things like this and not sound over sentimental or sticky. Christmas Eve is the time to say them. I just hope I hear them by New Year's Eve. (laughs) What I want you to know, Miss Brooks, is that I'm grateful. For what? For my association with you during the past semester at Madison High School. Well, thank you, Walter. I've tried to be a capable teacher. Oh, your teaching was nothing. (laughs) Galactically? As a teacher, you were very adequate. Now, I mean personally. The interest you took in me and my problems. For that, I could never thank you if I lived to be a hundred. Of course, you'd be gone a long time by then. I oh, Noel, to you, too. You don't know what it's meant to me to have your ear whenever I needed it. It was nothing, really. I have another one. Exactly about girls. Gosh, remember how silly I used to act about girls? Every time one of them looked at me, I giggled like a kid. And then, overnight, I matured. I met the one woman who mattered Harriet Conklin. (laughs) I (laughs) don't know what, but something through the difficult transition period of that amour as well, while Harriet and I were adjusting to one another. It was wonderful to be able to come to you for advice, Miss Brooks. It isn't every boy who has such an interest taken in him by some intelligent elderly person. Give me back my ear. I can't hear you. It's not that you're ancient or anything. Gosh, I've seen girls who don't look as good as you do. Girls? Minerva. By the way, Miss Brooks, I see you got lots of mistletoe on the walls. Were you expecting Mr. Boynton tonight? Yes, Walter, I was. We were going for a wheelchair ride together. (laughs) But he had to visit his folks upstate. His folks? Gosh, they must be well along in years. His father's over 50. They may shoot him next spring. Here, you might as well pick up the little gift I got for you. Oh, but you shouldn't have, Miss Brooks. Where is it? Under the tree on your right. It isn't much, just a remembrance. Gee, gee, I almost forgot. I can't open it yet. Why not? Oh, you mean you want to put it under your tree at home and open it with your family? Well, not exactly, but I'll get it later, Miss Brooks. There they are now. I'll answer it. There who are now? Come on in, folks. She was all alone when I got here. It's really a surprise,
2: isn't it? We should have stayed home Christmas Eve. Besides, it's freezing out.
3: Now, uh, Osgood, don't be so grouchy. Hello, Miss Brooks. Merry Christmas. Why, it's Mr. and Mrs. Conklin and Harriet. How are you all? I'm cold. That's too bad. Come here, Minerva. Rub up against Mr. Conklin
2: that? What's it? Go away, Cat.
3: She seems to like you, Osgood. Or or is she hungry, Miss Brooks? She's not that hungry.
4: <laughs>
2: I don't like cats. Why doesn't she go chase a mouse or something?
3: You forget, Mr. Conklin. This is Christmas Eve. There isn't one staring. <laughs> Say, Harriet. Yes, Walter? There's a lot of mistletoe around this room. I know. It's real pretty. Osgood Notice all the mistletoe in this room? What?
2: Oh, that green stuff. Often than not, it makes me sneeze
1: Oh, come on, Osgood Let's see if it does Oh, now, Martha, don't embarrass
2: me I
3: don't like the... It doesn't make you sneeze Does it, Harriet? I'm willing to find out Here's a nice wreath of it on this wall Yeah Well, here we are
4: Here we are.
3: <laughs> May I ask you, Mrs. Cotland? If it's all right with Harriet, it's all right with us. Oh, come on, Walter. We're getting old. Oh, Josh, you're sweet, Harriet. Isn't that cute, ah, good? Oh,
1: come here, dear. How about one for your faithful old wife?
2: Well, it is customary, I guess. There. I'm under the stuff.
4: Now, fucker, up, you. Very
2: well, very well. Uh, uh, you see, I, I told you. I,
4: ah! <laughs> now, let's
2: stop this romantic dribble and act like adult human beings. Miss Brooks, I'd like to take advantage of this visit to inquire as to your plans for the coming year's classwork. Do you have your schedule all laid out?
3: Frankly, Mr. Conklin, I haven't had much chance to work on anything. haven't had
2: much of a chance, but you've been away from school all week. Your vacation started last Monday.
3: I know, Mr. Conklin, and that's what I took the week as. I mean, a vacation is something you go on when you get the opportunity to. You don't work on it or during it, unless, even though I didn't actually go anywhere, when my vacation came along, I went on it, or was on one, usually. <laughs>
4: And
2: you wanted to be the head of the English department.
1: Please, Osgood,
3: this is no time to talk of school affairs. We're here to spend part of our holiday with Miss Brooks. It was very nice of you to think about me, Mrs. Conklin. It was nice of all of you. I want to... Where are Walter and Harriet?
2: Denton, get my daughter away from that mistletoe at once.
3: Mr. Conklin, Harriet isn't allergic to mistletoe. No,
2: but I'm allergic to you.
3: (laughs) Harriet's almost irresistible sometimes. Especially alongside older women like Mrs. Conklin and Miss Brooks. Sounds like the bell. I'll get it. Why, Mr. Boynton, come in.
2: Oh, thanks, Miss Brooks.
3: But I thought you were going upstate to see your folks.
2: I was, but they sent me a wire that they wanted to come here for about a week or so. They'll arrive in the morning, so I thought I'd drop this little gift off for you tonight.
3: Oh, but you shouldn't have. Where is it? (laughs) (laughs) Let us just put it under the tree in the living room. Look who's here, everybody. Well, it's Mr. Boynton. Hi oh, there, Mr. V. This is nice.
2: Hello, Boynton. Pretty cold out, isn't it? <laughs>
4: Hello,
2: folks.
3: This is beginning to get more like Christmas Eve every minute. Sit down, Mr. Boynton. I'm certainly glad your folks decided to visit you instead of vice versa.
2: So am I. There's a particularly good reason why I'm glad.
3: There is?
2: Yes. It gives me a chance to see how my guinea pigs are affected by this cold snap.
3: All. What do you expect them to do? Blow on their paws? Look, <laughs> have you pointed out the mistletoe to Mr. Boynton?
2: Oh, why don't you stop that nonsense, Martha?
1: It isn't nonsense. Mr. Boynton, look at the
2: mistletoe. A mistletoe? Oh, oh, yes. A very interesting example of the flora found in various areas throughout the globe. <laughs> An evergreen parasitic shrub, it is indigenous to the regions where apple trees and oaks abound.
3: Now that the lecture is over, may we ask questions? Certainly, Miss Brooks. Want to stand under it?
2: (laughs) Stand under it? Well, you see, because of certain characteristics in its makeup, an allergy is sometimes aggravated by its presence.
3: I'll take a chance if you will. Come on, Mr. Boynton. Yeah, come on, Mr. Boynton. Just bring him over to this wall here.
2: Well, I'll get under it if you like.
3: Well, don't just stand there. Can't you see Miss Brooks is cooking?
2: Well, don't fuss for me. I couldn't eat a thing.
3: (laughs) Don't you know what standing under the mistletoe signifies?
4: Well,
2: I know what it signifies to most people, but but to me,
3: it's just... 85 cents worth of mistletoe. I know what let's do. Let's open up the presents right now. Whoa. Splendid suggestion, Walter.
2: Uh, Shouldn't we wait until just before we leave? Might be less embarrassing that way.
3: Well, if you want to open them now. Golly, this one tree's pretty crowded. I'll put some of these packages under this little one over here. Look out, Walter. You're bumping into one of the branches. Look out. (laughs)
1: The funniest feeling when I touch that branch What kind of a feeling, Walter? Well, you... are
3: Harriet Conklin, aren't you? Well, sure I'm Harriet Conklin Walter, what's the matter with you? Nothing, nothing's the matter with me It's just that I want to tell you something Harriet, you've got to change You want to try to be more like Miss Brooks Well, what do you mean, Walter? If you want me to stay interested in you You've got to be more alluring, youthful, glamorous feminine in that real feline Brooksway.
4: <laughs>
3: Walter, have you been drinking pine needles, too? <laughs> look,
1: look at that tree. It, it seems to be glowing.
2: What do you mean, glowing? It's just the reflection from the streetlights. This party's giving me the me
4: <laughs> Holidays,
2: indeed. Here, I'll just move the tree where it won't glisten in our eyes. Here we go. <laughs> Happy-go-lucky, fun-loving,
3: gag-a-minute, Osgood. Gag-a-minute, Osgood? Sometimes I've wanted to. Brooks, you suddenly look so
2: different, so intelligent. Miss Brooks, I have made up my mind. You are now head of the Madison High English Department. Ha, ha, ha,
3: ha. Well, thank you, fun-loving, Osgood
2: put this wonderful tree where it belongs, right in the center of the room. Give me a hand, Boynton. Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Conklin. I'll just take this end here and...
3: Miss Brooks? Yes, Mr. Boynton? Come here, baby.
2: <laughs> Come here, Connie.
3: You he did not. you said, Come here, baby, and I'm here. He, 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 look! He's taking her over to the mistletoe. Oh, isn't it wonderful? What are you going to do, Mr. Boynton?
2: Just call me Phil, Connie. This <laughs> is what I'm gonna do.
3: In a dream, Philip, a wonderful, beautiful dream. Mr. Byron, Mr. Byron, Mr. Byron, where are you? Where did everybody go? Oh, I must have been dreaming.
4: <laughs> well,
3: that's real enough. I'll be right there. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Minerva, I didn't mean to drop you.
2: I'm cold
3: Why, it's the Conklins and Walter and Mr. Boynton But you all just left I mean, come in We thought it would be nice if we spent our Christmas Eve together, Miss Brooks Yes, and we've brought a few little gifts over for you I'll just put them under this tree here Yes, do that, Walter
2: Aren't you going to ask me why I didn't go upstate, Miss Brooks?
3: I know why, Mr. Boynton Your folks are coming down to see you
2: How did you know that? I just got the telegram. Uh, Don't let's get too carried away with the holidays. We've got to prepare for a hard school season ahead, Miss Brooks.
1: Oh, let's not talk about school affairs now, Osgood. Walter,
3: look at the mistletoe. Yeah, look at it. Now, just a minute before we go through all that again. (laughs) Would you please touch the tree, Mr. Boynton? The one on the left with the... why, it's gone. There's only one tree.
2: Miss Brooks, are you all right? Of
3: course I'm all right. Because I have dreamt that part, too. Mr. Boyne, would you do me a favor, please? Well, of course, Miss
2: Brooks. What is it?
3: Would you touch the Christmas tree? Touch it? Please, I... it's important. All right. There. Nothing happened. What did you expect would
2: happen?
3: A miracle. Excuse me, I'll be right back and I'm selling magic Christmas trees. But you just came Please here... Please buy one, lady. You only cost 50 cents a piece. 50 cents? That's right. Here's $2. Give me four of them.
0: <laughs> that was the magic Christmas tree from Our Miss Brooks. It's hard to believe it's only 11 days until Christmas. I hope you've all gotten your shopping done and stocked up on plenty of eggnog. Everyone stay safe and jolly. We'll see you right here on Friday for another classic comedy radio broadcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening.
4: Slaybells ring. Are you listening?
0: Wow. You just totally ruined the beauty of that Christmas song. I'm sorry, it was the paper. Yeah, Budweiser doesn't make.